0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans.
1: After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. To tell her late fee, you have one new
0: message. Hey, uh, this is Jason. Um, Look, I'm in a
1: bad way right now. My dad's kicked me out of the house. It's a long story. Just know, if something happens to me that it was a Russian, I got to go. Okay, thanks. Bye.
0: Before there was IMDb.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late
1: 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness.
0: Thanks for listening. On to the show.
1: Nobody told you that you face the truth alone, but you got the power to.
0: Where where were you when you first heard that song?
1: Oh, man. I think I was sitting on my couch at home watching a VHS copy of No Retreat, No Surrender, hearing that song by Kevin Chalfant, or however the heck you say his name. And I just went, oh my gosh, this is the best! This is the best! Is it really the best, though? No, but was it entertaining as hell? Yes.
0: The thing about No Retreat, No Surrender is that there's there's kind of like two parallel worlds like that exist within this one movie because on one hand you're like this movie's ridiculous but on the other hand you're like this movie kicks ass like you yeah. really get like at least for me you know 1987 to 1989 dustin renting this movie for like the 11th time in 3 months from the video store you know knowing that the china o'brien trailer is going to start, and she's going to yell into the alley the infamous
1: line that I'm always talking about. For our listeners, give it to us one more time. Come on. I can't see you out there, but I can feel you.
0: There are certain places in this world where a pretty woman shouldn't go. Something like that. But... (laughs) and falling in <laughs> love with that movie, right? Like being like, I got to rent that immediately after this one. Um, yeah. But No Retreat does surrender. Render. Yeah, it was in my in my VCR, I feel like, every other weekend. Just like, I need to get that movie again. Never owned it for some reason. I'm just like, I just keep renting it.
1: Yeah. I think I, I think I'd, I finally bought it at a Suncoast video. Do you remember Suncoast video? I sure do. Suncoast video for for our younger listeners, which is like probably two people, Um was 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 Best Buy before Best Buy, but it was just movies, you know. It it was it, it it was every movie you could think of under the sun for sale. Uh for years, for years movies were not for sale on a retail level. Yep. It was always you could rent this movie or you could buy it for ninety dollars. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And then finally, they started coming out at a cheaper price point, and I think No Retreat was a, um, Good Time video release. Good Times Videos was like a, a very, you know, cheap. They put out cheap titles or cheap versions of movies mm-hmm. uh, at like five or six bucks, or maybe maybe ten bucks at the most. And I, yeah, I had that. I had that for a very long time, and wore out the VHS tape which did not have the China O'Brien trailer on it. The, oh, I'm sorry. Video rental. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I unfortunately missed that boat. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to track down an original VHS copy, though, I guess. But, but dude, I, I mean, that this movie, I concur with you, was a staple in my house, watching it over and over and over again. And, yeah, it's. I think at this point it's kind of cliche to shit on it and make fun of it and say, oh, this movie's so cheesy because – duh yeah it is but you know what you're right yeah it has so much heart to it it has so much um you know going on that's that maybe on one level it shouldn't but it does and it's it's kind of like a get up and cheer it it's very formulaic but who cares that's People are watching Cobra Kai now, saying, "Oh my gosh, it's the Second Coming of Christ." Well, that's a lot of formulaic stuff too. And but people enjoy it, and that's all that yeah. matters. Yeah,
0: there's like, a, like there's almost like a preciousness that I have for this movie, like a like a protectiveness in a way. Like I was really disappointed to see that Rift Tracks had done it. You know, Rift Tracks being the the Mystery Theater Three Thousand Joel and 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 Company just kind of like shitting on it because you're like, do we need to do that? It just kind of I mean, it it, it brings it into the into the mainstream in a way at that point but it's almost like this was the first movie that i knew was bad like i remember laughing so hard at like most of these scenes because you're like you're you're aware yeah. that the acting's not great you the martial arts is cool but you know at that like when when, when we are kids you knew like the fact of this movie is right it's it's the first American made movie from a Korean director. We, we don't, that means nothing to us as kids. We're just like, no, it's just a cool movie or whatever. But knowing that now, you know, knowing that there are multiple languages being spoken on this, on this film set, you know, there's some English, there's some Korean, there's some Chinese, there's some, there's some Mandarin. There's, there's all of these languages uh, that are, that are, are all kind of being spoken at once and everybody's trying to figure it out. You're like, wow, it, 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 it gives me a whole new, uh, respect for the fact that this movie got made.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think, I think, um, I can't only imagine how challenging that must've been for everybody on set, especially for the American actors where they're like, okay, wait, you know, uh, being told, okay, well, when he makes this sound, then, then you say you're lying and listening for that sound and waiting for that so intently. Um, but so there is, from the onset, from the moment this movie opens up, it's it has a cheesy, fun quality to it. Like an old school Bruce Lee kung fu mm-hmm. flick back in the day. Those were that way too. You know, the characters were very uh, cartoonish yep. in many ways, just like these are. This this is like the big boss or Chinese connection in in, this, in the sense that, The bad guys were like overly bad in that that Snidely Whiplash kind of. We're gonna take over your dojo and rule Southern California Karate, you know. Uh, But then that was the kind of the whole point of the movie, and and yeah, it. Rift tracks. I love those guys. I I think they do a great job, and you know, a movie like Jim Cotta on a How did this get made? gets trashed and rightfully so in its own way because i think that was trying to take itself seriously this is like i i it holds a special place in my heart too. coming from the perspective of karate kid meant so much to me as a kid because i it was relatable and i just love the underdog story you know jim Cotta was not an underdog story jim Cotta was a was an just straight-up action movie a la dangerous game this is this uh this is a coming of age <laughs> if you will and there's something very heartfelt about a coming-of-age story, and, and the relationships are, are sweet. Um, you know, R.J. and uh, and Jason, from the, the moment they meet each other, they're like best buds. And how cool is that? You know I, I think that's relatable, too. When you, when you meet a friend for the first time, you're like, "Hey, we click. You can break dance. I can do karate."
0: totally i mean
1: i i think uh, before we dig into
0: it because i'm really excited to to dig in dig in um i think it it bears mentioning that we are officially in uh martial arts madness month here at two dollar late fee um this is a month that is dedicated uh to martial arts the many the many different uh uh action stars that we love the many different um You know, movies, obviously the movies that we love, but also um, uh, sprinkled throughout this month, we're going to have some really, really uh, interesting interviews with some uh, martial arts icons and um, some more contemporary than others. Um, And of course, one of those icons being Kurt McKinney, the man who is stars in today's movie, No Retreat, No Surrender, as Jason Stilwell, um, which was really great to talk to him.
1: That was that was a trip. I mean, we'll we'll tell you guys more about that as we get closer to that actual interview and in the intro to the interview. But um, we talk all things, no retreat with Kurt. And so there's going to be some things we obviously we will clearly not bring up on purpose because we bring it up with Kurt and Kurt brings it up for us. Um, so, you know, (laughs) this is more just a riff on our feelings about the movie and particular scenes that stand out that we didn't talk to Kurt about because we talked about this movie for well over an hour with Kurt. Yeah. uh, I mean, there's no, there's no point.
0: You want to hear the stories from the, you know, horse's mouth, quote unquote, not, not from us relaying it. And, um, and yeah. And, and I I don't want to say any more than that other than, you know, get excited, everybody. Uh, fans of No Retreat No Surrender are gonna are gonna get the the BTS the behind the scenes commentary um, not not scene for scene obviously because we're not doing that on this show but um no, we don't do but that you way. are gonna get get a lot of good stories so
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and and you know besides what we talked to Kurt about on that interview uh, kind of doing my own digging on this movie since then discovering things that I didn't even know. Specifically about the soundtrack, which blew Mm -hmm, me away, mm -hmm. Um, which made me love it even more, which made me go, oh, my God. um, Is this the the marriage of all the worlds that I lovely live in? You know, are these (laughs) it's everything I love about the 80s is a culminating into the one big movie of no retreat, no surrender. Who would have thought, you know, you and I, you and I both mutually love JCVD you know uh sure blood yeah. sport and kickboxer for example we we did a whole episode d- dedicated to our top five martial Yeah, uh, we movies. did yeah over and, a year ago yeah. yeah, you should definitely check out if you don't have a chance if, if you don't have a chance if you do have, <laughs> a, you cha- don't have a chance check, check that it episode out. out well i don't
0: have a chance i don't have a chance. Out. you said i don't have a chance okay
1: well I make time
0: no i know oh, i'm not well. gonna have a chance
1: you have no chance to do it okay fine you know and then that was coming up uh, that was kind of like a pre-episode for our interview with Richard Norton, so we covered a lot of ground on that. But then we even talked about this movie in that episode and said, well, we will probably cover this movie again at a later date. Here we are. Here we That's are at that date.
0: So prophetic. We just knew. <laughs> we just knew. Um, it's, I have my moments. Well, it feels good to, to you know, be here with you at this point, um, digging into this movie. You you kind of touched on this a little, a little bit. I, I feel like the one thing we need to kind of get out of the way here is the sort of the overview or the synopsis of this, because there are sort of two stories in play. One involves, and I need some, I I want some, some clarity from you on this because it's, it's, it's very confusing to me. We have, there's, there's sort of this mob component to this movie. The mob is taking over dojos across the country Maybe as a as a front for illegal activity. That's what I that's what I suspect is going on. Um, but either way, the mob is like just strong arming uh, martial artists who own dojos, just random dojos wherever you live. No one is safe. This guy might show up. He'll have uh, he'll he'll have some some henchmen, and he's gonna like you're you're gonna give him your dojo whether or not you want to and if you're like no then john klein van damme may come and break your kneecaps you know who knows who knows That, that that that's that's kind of one aspect and then you have the coming of age story which you refer to uh a young teenager um forced to move to an unfamiliar city uh meet some new friends or friend uh as the case is and um and kind of navigate that world while also at some point getting trained by Bruce Lee's ghost in, uh in, in, you know, to, 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 yeah. to, to be a master. Um,
1: Pretty much sums that. It up. Yeah. I mean, is
0: that, is that it? What is, what is the mob? What, what is this guy's deal? This, you know, why, why does he want these dojos? Well, I I don't really
1: know. Might be overthinking. The, that, I, the, I Assume, but the well, no, I don't think you are because I don't really know like the validity of 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 whether or not dojos were that competitive back in the day. I mean, I I remember being at a dojo in the Bay Area, uh, which it no longer exists. The uh, Fred the Valorius Bay Area does still
0: exist for anyone like who's that. concerned. That yeah,
1: the Bay Area yeah. does. Fred Villari is karate to be. Fred Villari's, Fred Villari's karate, karate, I think it, was, not what it was called, okay. and uh, turns turns out like he, you know, kind of used a lot of the money and gambled it away in Vegas at one point. See, that's a that's a movie. Did right not, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it is. If it if it's not being written right now, it needs to be. And he, um, I remember at the time, it being a, a situation where like you know one dojo said they were the best you know they're always trying to get clients right and well, how are you going to sell it how are you going to get people in well our dojo is the best dojo around kind of like there are with gyms you know well why why should i go to you guys well we got the best equipment and you know and stuff like that and uh, might have make him sound like a chauvinistic andrew Dice clay we got the best equipment and the best chicks oh that's no, why that's
0: kidding. why you joined <laughs> yeah
1: that's why i joined 24 <laughs> the best chicks now, i want the uh, best
0: chicks when i my gym
1: Hey, let me ask you a question. Does this gym have the best chicks? <laughs> Excuse me? Is this 1986? No, it's 2021. Oh, my right. bad. Sorry. Then <laughs> put on your mask and get out. <laughs> you chauvinistic yeah. pig. No, um, I remember there there being like a level of cockiness about certain gojos. Uh, and so I think that's what made this movie feel like, well, that, that could happen. Because, you know, you, you, if you take over these dojos and then next thing you know, you're raking in all the do-jo. <laughs> oh, so Joe. <no>. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, Joe. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think, yay. So, you know, dojos were so like karate, karate, as as Dirk Diggler would say in Boogie Nights. And there's a reason I brought that up because I'm going to circle back okay. to that later. Okay. Um, you know, they, they were like, they were the most popular thing because of Karate Kid and The Last Dragon, and Jim Kata, and Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon, you know, all, so many. Uh, I know I threw Jim Kata in there kind of intentionally because people go, wait, Jim Kata, really? But yeah, the people watch these movies and they're like, I want to be like that guy, you know, and they were popular. And I think it makes sense that the mob will want to claim that and take it over. And in those first five minutes of the movie. You know the the sleaze ball stereotypical uh, mama Luke comes in and wants to take over with the with his angry Russian, you know. And apparently JCVD uh, had a hard time kind of holding back his kicks and punches mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at times with yeah. with actors in the movie, which pissed off a few, not everybody. Yeah, they're um, catching a straight but, kick you know, to the face. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jason gets his jason's dad jason stillwell played by kurt mckinney gets his uh his dad gets his leg broken in a dramatic way uh and it's and and on one hand you're laughing at it on the other hand you're going oh no yeah you know because there's these guys are from the you don't know who these characters are from the minute they're introduced but for me i i had a heartfelt connection to them i'm like okay that's guys a that guy's a He's a he's a sensei. He's respected. He's a teacher. He's probably a good guy. Now he's getting his ass kicked for no reason. That's not okay. I'm not okay yeah, with I that.
0: Yeah, I think that that relationship is defined cuz you don't we don't necessarily know that the guy who owns the dojo is Jason's dad until he screams out like dad like in the middle I I feel like, right? I don't know. Maybe I wasn't fully paying attention but no, you're it's right, like oh and right. then I, you put that together like, oh, "Okay, so this is Jason's dad. He's invested" In the dojo in in more ways than one, you know, and now you're also like, okay, there seems to be a little bit of nepotism,
1: like is Jason a good fighter? I don't know, but everybody seems to like him. <laughs> well, he has that moment before the the mob comes in where he kind of goes off uh he uh, on a on a on a fellow uh student in the class where and he starts kind of doing his imitation yep. of Bruce Lee, and his dad's like, you know Jason, but he doesn't call right. his son, and you don't." You, know, you don't know. So you don't yeah. know. You just think he, again, but he but he has that hot headedness about him, like, yep. Ooh, you know, I got my moves. I got my my sick Bruce Lee moves that I've been watching on TV all the time. Yep.
0: And then uh, yeah, and then things things go a little south in the dojo with the mobster henchman guys, and um, you know, and and Dad is like, I'm not selling. As you said, John Clement Van Dam goes a little crazy on him. And Jason's like you know trying to fight, but he's he's you know he's useless. It's like a he's like a baby, just kind of going up against this big, strong Russian. <laughs> we know he's Russian. Um, JCVD, Russian. JCVD's, uh first uh, feature film pr- uh, appearance. No.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I he had done. I think he did Black Eagle right after that with Shokusugi. So Shokusugi, I think, is his name. Um, Another great martial arts action hero from the '80s, and uh, yeah, this is JCVD's first big deal, first big break, and he has an air about him that's very authentic. Mm -hmm. He feels legit badass. Yeah, Uh, and I, I, I love me some old school JCVD. I'm not a huge fan of of the stuff he did in the '90s and going forward, and uh, but but man, in the early, the mid. To late eighties, he was on fire in a good way, and uh, I remember wanting to see this. This movie came out, and and Kurt talks about this. It was made, was not made in eighty six, but it came out in eighty six. And at that point, I didn't know who JCVD was. No,
0: no, no. I mean, none of us did. Excuse me. Yeah.
1: And then you see him, and you're like, but this guy's got something. He really does. Yeah. He has a charisma about him that, just, but so did Kurt McKinney and i'm going he's he's great he, he has a cool look to him um i mean at the time and i still kind of feel this way too i feel like his acting was was good but decent you know it's and and again like you said in the beginning you have to take to, take into account that that this is like a challenging set to be on with these yeah. scenes with the language barrier so i give that i kind of give them a little bit of a push you know and think okay I need to really Damn good job. It's heartwarming to me. I yeah, love it. For
0: sure. I mean, and and not only is this Jean-Claude Van Damme's first movie, but it's also Kurt McKinney's first movie. And I think there is this yeah. um this this kind of uh eagerness about, you know, like wanting to do it right, wanting to fit in, everybody's trying to do a great job, and also just have really authentic uh fighting, which is, you know, more to the point um it's it's more the fighting is more important than the acting and the story—I mean, that 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 Agreed. took precedent at that time. So, yes, you know, you you have some you have some silliness that arises. You have some miscommunication that arises. I mean, I think if you just look at it from the perspective of like, okay, well, that's super weird, but maybe that's a miscommunication, or maybe that's you know something was lost in translation there, and they just kind of went with it. Um, and of course, I'm speaking to the fact that you know this movie has more montages than most most eighties fighting movies, um
1: which and, I love, which I have even less of a problem now than I did back then. it's yep. I love me a good montage as oh you do uh, I mean
0: a hundred percent, but you know you're looking at a lot of these exercises, and you're like, is that
1: like safe? like who would
0: do that, or why are we doing that, or like, oh oh, hyper extending the back muscles, oh, you know, um and uh you know so so you and you just kind of learn like. Somebody's saying, you know, to Kurt, like, "Oh, can you do that?" And I don't, again, I don't want to get into these are his stories; these are his precious stories. But, um, but just knowing, like, that somebody's asking you to do something, and you are like,
1: "Yeah, I mean, I think
0: I can do that." And you are like, "Okay, well, that doesn't look very natural.
1: I don't want to do that." Well, we didn't talk. I, we actually didn't talk to talk to Kurt about one key uh, GIF-worthy moment or GIF, whatever you call it. Uh, Involving him and RJ, Actually, I know I, I was punching myself because I
0: realized like a day later when I was like saw that I was like oh we didn't talk about this yeah because we talked the about most everything infamous else. Gift I'm sure that we can get comes him. from
1: and we we'll, we we'll, we'll, I mean we're going to talk about it on this show on this episode for sure um, you know but like you said Jason uh, and his family migrate up north to. Sunny Seattle. Yes. <laughs> From Sherman yeah. Oaks, California. Mm-hmm. And um, and when they get up there, it, it's... It, yeah, he's a he's a fish-out-of-water kind of story. And I think you and I talked about this. We felt like there's moments in this film, the continuity-wise, where you feel like a bunch must have been cut out. Uh, to, that kind of adds to the backstory of Jason with certain relationships in the movie. But, you know, five minutes into being in Seattle or less... He's introduced to his new best buddy RJ. Hey, nice move. Hey, thanks. My name's RJ. How you doing? Hi, Jason. What's RJ stand for? Rafer Jefferson Madison the Third. Wow. No wonder you use RJ. Yeah.
0: The, mo- the most positive person on, on film.
1: <laughs> Next to Ted Lasso.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, I Ted Lasso's separate because he's you know he's TV, but like yeah, char- yeah. positive characters in a movie.
1: <laughs> and uh RJ's played by uh JW Fails, which is a interesting name. Yeah. But he's 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 nowhere to be found on the web. And trust us guys, like we we've we've scoured the internets looking for JW Fails because that would be a great guy to get on the show to talk about his experience with this. But he's got a great um a unique kind of look and personality about him and and what he lacks in some respects, he makes up for in others. You know, apparently he's not the most excellent dancer, but in in the stunt double for those dance moves, kind of it's obvious that there is one. But damn, you know, when he's on screen, he chews up every scene, and you you, you feel like this is a dude I want to be buddies
0: with. Yeah, yeah, he's he really is. He's one of these guys who, for some reason. Like everyone that's not Jason in the movie hates him, and you just don't know why. Even to the point where, like, I feel like the bullies at one point are like, "Why does everyone hate this guy? Because he's real nice." Mm-hmm. And um, you know, one bully in particular, this guy Scott, um, who, who just has it out from RJ for the for the second he sees him. You know, he's RJ skateboarding by, and he's like, oh, "I hate that RJ. He's such a like a like a grouchy cartoon man." Um...
1: He reminds me of the dude from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. He's
0: totally, he's totally Francis. Like, Pee Wee, I want thy bike! You're just like, ugh. And, um, you know, and then the, this just this one just infamous scene of Scott buying hamburgers for, like, every neighborhood child. is just, <laughs> you know, they, 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 I, you think, yeah. I was like, is this a school cafeteria? No, they pan out. It's like a fast food restaurant. There's, like, I don't know, at least 20 dudes or something scott sees rj just standing around in the parking lot i mean presumably waiting for somebody we 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 assume it's jason we don't know and uh one of the guys that's eating a hamburger you know this delicious hamburger that scott has just bought for everybody is like hey why do you hate that guy so much and he's like you don't even he squeezes his hamburger and just like just oozes through his fingers like he just wastes this beautiful hamburger
1: What's the matter, Scott? It's that slime ball, RJ. Hey, Scott, why do you hate that kid so much? I've got my reasons. Come here. Just keep him from going
0: anywhere. That's all I ask. And, you know, and then it's like, come on out, let's go get him. And it's like, if I'm one of those guys and you've bought me a hamburger, I'm like, and I've asked you, like, why do you hate that guy? And that's your answer. Then I probably (laughs) just sit and enjoy my burger. I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna enjoy this. You can go do twenty on one against this guy, which is totally unfair and totally unnecessary. Uh, But I'm just gonna stay back and and eat this burger. Well, if
1: that's all it takes for for uh, Um, for you to get people to gang up on some innocent-looking dude and kick the shit out of him is is a burger and a fries and a shake. That's pretty cheap. uh, Yeah, it's pretty cheap. uh, Gang. But it's like, how was your
0: afternoon? Oh, I mean, it was good. Like, Scott bought us all burgers. And then we were sitting at, you know, the, the Burger Mart. And we were just, like, enjoying it. And then he was like, let's gang up on this guy. And we were like, OK. And then, like, we left our burgers to go, like, fight this guy. And then, you know, uh, of course, Jason shows up and, and says my favorite, one of my favorite lines in the movie, like, hey, RJ, <laughs> who's the lard ass? And I was like, whoa, that's harsh. Hey, RJ. <laughs> Who's the lard-ass? Beat it, Brucey. Go out home and play with your wooden dolly. Take a walk, fat boy. You stay out of this or you're going to get hurt. This is between him and me. Get him! All right, no retreat, no surrender. You know, and then then they they kind of do this weird back-to-back fighting for like, you know, 30 seconds and then the, the owner of the burger place breaks it up and it's like you kids get out of here.
1: And then they got to like leave and they're like, "Oh man, but we were enjoying these
0: delicious burgers."
1: <laughs> of a of a burger like, place that is clearly uh empty by the way. yeah. At one point they they cut to to the yeah. burger place and I'm like, "Oh, there, there's not even tables in there or chairs." <laughs> but whatever.
0: No, it's like they just they just like uh partitioned off this one corner of the restaurant and
1: <laughs> and, like, S- and Scott barely yeah. like Everybody that was in there was, you know, brought in by Scott, who doesn't strike me as the richest guy on the planet. Um, no. Apparently he's got enough money to buy burgers and fries and drinks for half the t- high school.
0: No. Um, and uh, and evidently <laughs> there was some kind of scene that, that ended up on the cutting room floor, I think, where R.J. Trip Scott or makes him look bad at school or something. I mean, yeah. n- nobody's ever at school, so it probably makes sense to not see any school scenes. But then, you know, you're still questioning, like, why do you hate this guy so much? And so, if there was another scene that maybe explained that, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't help that much. Well, I get the sense that it was
1: in the summertime. That 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 was the vibe I was getting. Um, but you know, yeah, I, it, that that that's the world I built, as far as that's concerned. <laughs> well, it's it's hard to know
0: because. You know, we go from Jason moving to Seattle, and even before he moves to Seattle, were you asking yourself like, why is he moving to Seattle? Like, how do we go from, no. you know, dad dad loses the dojo, but like, you know, at that point you're like, hey, cops, this guy just like broke my leg and whatever, like, like all of a sudden he has to give up his entire life and just move to Seattle.
1: I mean, it makes sense for the story, but not. Really. I get, I get. My guess is that. It's Seattle because that's where Bruce Lee is buried. It's the Mecca. It's got
0: to be. Right. Right. Arts. So, we, so we need a way to, to get him to be a fish out of water near Bruce Lee's grave.
1: Yes. Yes. And, yeah. you know, I I, in a weird way, and it probably was because of this movie. In fact, it was. I, I share a longer <laughs> version of
0: uh, probably. I mean, let's it let's, was. let's call yeah. it what yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. And I share a longer version of the story with Kurt, obviously, and in our, in our interview with him. But I made a trek up to Seattle for that very reason to see Bruce Lee's grave, Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee's grave, um, because they're buried obviously next to each other, and. So to to me, this movie was very influential in that way. It was the first time I knew that Bruce Lee was buried up in Seattle because once I saw this, I said, is that true? Is that real? And I looked into it and it it turns out it is Um, got those plane tickets. Yeah. yeah, And, you know, they're they're not going to when it's when it involves the mafia, the the martial art dojo mafia, you can't call the cops because they probably own the cops. Right. That's
0: true. That's uh, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that,
1: but but the character Scott is like such a loathsome, you know, and it's so funny. Yeah, I, I echo your your sentiment about Jason's line: you know, "Who's a lard ass?" And because uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh well, that's really messed up. But I mean, he is a bully, so they're ganging up on you. Yeah. But, so
0: like, it, it's warranted, but it's also like it it just cuts through in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, because you like, who's a lard ass? to be the changes the change you want to see in the world you know yeah
0: yeah and he says it was such a like a like a smug smile
1: but, who's the lard ass but jason had an edge to him uh up until he did the meet the moment he meets uh you know master master sensei lee lady gaga uh as as we like to call him
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what is the, what is the actual name that he i think it's lady
1: gaga Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. But yeah, I kept saying Lady Gaga cuz it sounded funny to me. And uh it just I like the way it rolls off my tongue. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga.
0: I wanted to I wanted to digress for one second here because I found this something interesting in the actor who plays Scott. His name is Kent Lipham Um on IMDb. Um and he like tragically and mysteriously passed away in 2008. Oh. There's no there's no word what happened to him. But he has one of the strangest mini-biographies I've ever encountered, and it's... Um, Please, indulge it's, us. I'd, I'd, love, I'd love for yeah, you, you to hear and, and everybody to hear. Kent Lippum was born to Jimmy and Nancy Lippum in 1961. He has a younger brother named Jamie. Around the age of 16, fearing he was becoming agoraphobic, his mother insisted Kent join a club. Not being very smart, athletic, or crafty, the drama club seemed perfect for him. now pay attention that's already a weird line he's not smart he's not great but and I don't know you know did he write this is he self-deprecating I don't know but pay attention to this next line because this really makes me go the roar of the grease paint and the smell of the crowd thrilled Kent
1: what the roar of the grease paint the
0: roar of the grease paint and the smell of the crowd the smell of the crowd (laughs) (laughs) wait in where? drama club, what 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 is what is this line? I don't know. It it it, it stops my brain honestly. Um, <laughs> finally, he went to his mother and he said, "I'm going to be an actor, and it's all your fault." Uh, and that's where I'll leave it because I I could go on. But...
1: Well, roar of grease paint and smell of the crowd makes me think he was the <laughs> towel boy in the gym or in the locker room. I uh, mean, grease paint. Doesn't make a roar, you know.
0: So already there's a, like some nouns missing, or, so, right? I, yeah, right. Really. <laughs> if you apply yeah. grease paint to the anus, it makes a roar. <laughs> oh God.
1: Wait, and and it's all your fault, Mom. There's a lot yep. of this going on in here. A lot of like teen angst. That is a very teen angsty bio. It's very, it's, you
0: don't, you don't learn a lot and you do learn a lot, if you know what I mean. It's and kind like, of
1: fitting for the guy who plays a character you want to hate in the movie. Rest in peace, obviously.
0: Yeah. No, it's, I mean, that's, a. it's odd. all very mysterious too. And um,
1: obviously the two of yeah. us being, you know, uh, actors and, and <laughs> I'm, I'm on IMDB and you can write your own bio or, you pay someone to write it for you, uh, or you have your your ex-girlfriend write so that bio. You have bio. your mom write it.
0: Well, well it's, I'm glad you brought that up, because the last line of this really speaks to what you're talking about. The last line of the bio says,
1: Oh, it keeps going.
0: Encouraged by fans visiting his message boards on IMDb, he has recently decided to return to the business, which had never really left his system to begin with. So it's kind of like we just kind of break the fourth wall in the mid- at the end of the bio and say, you know, he did all these things. He's inspired to return. I, you know, and I, I don't know when that was written. Probably before two thousand eight. Um, oh. <laughs> but it almost seems like it's written by like, you know, Jason Stillwell or something. Like not too smart and not Scott. You know, it's just like this very like, kind of snide. Demeaning bio, but he always had enough money to buy us a
1: burger. So for that, yeah, right. Pass is that in there? Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh, wow, that's really weird. Well, well, let's just jump ahead for a second with this. So, so, mm-hmm. so, yeah. During many there, there's yeah, there's like two or three montage scenes in this movie, and um, and look, guys, again, we're not going to break down scene by scene, but it. And I will say, I own the Blu-ray that came out, uh, Kino Video. Who Puts out great Blu-rays. They put out a Blu-ray that has the international version and the theatrical version of this. The okay. international version, which I've yet to watch, believe it or not. Mm. Um, it has about six more minutes of footage, which actually what? I kind of want to see. Oh boy! Uh, the movie night when this is over. Get and, on um, it.
0: Call up JW Fails. Right in the it.
1: in the the cover art's badass. We use it for the logo or for the for the image on this episode and. Um, but yeah, one of the many workout montage scenes Jason has. He he's he's working out and uh he's doing these insanely uh, probably horrible for your body uh like center like uh, abdominal lifts. Like a thrust, head... it's
0: like a thrust of, of a natural
1: thrust. Yeah, it's like in between two bleachers. His head is on the on the step of one of the bleachers. His legs are balanced on the back of the bleachers, and he's like thrusting up, doing these things that look like you know, it's it's like kegel exercises for men. And uh, and and out of nowhere, RJ with a sneaky little face and his and his beautiful cheeks uh, sneaks over. Very cartoonishly and then jumps on top of him of Jason and in this on his belly midsection area and enjoys a ice cream bar while Jason continues to do his Kegel thrusts up and down.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Jason doesn't even break a sweat. He's just like or character.
1: Right. He doesn't he, he stays in character the whole time. My I friend my shit.
0: Is, <laughs> is on my groin and I'm going to keep on thrusting. It's like an added 140 pounds, you know. Easily, maybe, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Buck
1: 45. Buck 45, and yeah, it is. It is one of the more iconic moments in this movie. Yeah. And look, for better or worse, if a movie is infamous uh, for certain scenes, then that's a good thing because no one's going to forget it. You know, it, this and this movie yep. has so many of those scenes where you're like, oh, my God, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I think we're a little more embracing of these types of movies nowadays where we we go, OK, look, these guys are they're not taking themselves too seriously in the scene and let's have some fun with it. Who cares? And that yep. is one the, of them. One of the best. Totally.
0: I mean, I mean, that really is. Yeah, that is the one of them. Let's let's be serious. But there are there is a lot of impressive, like, jumping off other dudes' backs and, like, and that kind of stuff. And I guess we should say at this point, too, so, like, RJ has enemies, but then, you know, Jason also has enemies, and they're kind of different. They're kind of the same. You know, Jason, right, is immediately, like, now everybody that Scott knows hates him, too, and he goes to this dojo at one point. And Scott, of course, is there for some reason. You know, also a student of this dojo, and he says yeah. to this one guy that's like kind of leading the dojo while uh, Dean, right? Dean, Isn't it Dean? Well, I think it's, it's Dean. Dean. Yep. And while uh, yeah, it, it, this gets a little confusing because you got you've got this like love interest Kelly that just kind of like shows up at one point. Kelly's older brother is a is a like a serious martial artist, and he kind of tours around. He's the one that owns this dojo that Jason is in, and Scott has said to Dean, hey, man, this kid just came up from L.A., and he's saying that Seattle karate is really stupid, and, you know, L.A. karate's the best, or Sherman Oaks karate, right? L.A. karate's the best. Yeah. And then, you know, Dean's like, what? Nobody says bad things about Seattle. And then they immediately, like, just, you know set Jason up to fail like dude you're sparring you're sparring the best guy in the class Jason like gets his ass kicked he's like oh, I'm out of here this isn't what I prepared to I was not prepared for this today and he runs away with RJ and RJ's you know come on man let's get out of here dude RJ saves and, his ass yeah yeah I mean RJ yeah RJ's like let's end it and um and then RJ does like a like he, he does a little button on the scene or something before he runs out, like a, like a, like the roadrunner or something. He's like, me me. He does a little like, uh, catch you later. Like, it's, I don't remember, know exactly what it is, but it's very funny. It's
1: well, like he, a, and he even bows, like, you know, bows and oh, right. he salutes, right? Right after that or something. He like bows, that. he
0: salutes, and he says like a one liner. He's got a button. He runs. Yeah. And it's he so runs great. out of the scene. Yeah. And, um,
1: and, and it is a moment where you're like, wait, these guys, like, they see, these guys all seem like they're cool dudes. And actually, you know, the way uh the way Scott uh fuels their minds, he poisons their brains with this negative thought. <laughs> you know, this guy says uh, LA karate. Apparently, you know, he why does he's living in Seattle, <laughs> but he sounds like he's from West Texas. And this guy LA is uh, better than well. Heck up. Where right? you know? Right? And and uh, and, uh yeah. and of course they, they take offense at that. But yeah. at the same time, too, they're also like, well, uh, even the guy he spars with, like, I, think, I think it's uh,
0: so doesn't matter. But it doesn't I matter. But well, that, that guy's guy leg,
1: le, legit kickboxer, I think, in his own right. But um, oh, okay, but he's like, wait, get, should, I'm going to kick this kid's ass. Uh, he's sure. I think he's had enough. And you right. think, okay, then it's done. Yeah. But then he goes to Kelly's birthday party, and I think this was one of the moments where you're like, "Wait, wait, how does what's his relationship with Kelly? How does?" Yeah, scene- I thought we
0: skipped a scene. I really didn't know what happened because we suddenly, talked to Kurt about that. Yeah, suddenly he's like, "You know, happy birthday, Kelly!" And we're like, "Who is Kelly? He has he, been at like he's been in Seattle for like a week. How does he know her?"
1: My my, she- my point is that they were, uh, my my feeling was they were pen pals.
0: Well, she does say at some point that she was in LA. Like like yeah. way beyond when it should be introduced, like twenty minutes into the relationship and she's like, Yeah, Jason was I from my friend I think she introduces him to somebody else at the party. He's like I know him from LA. Like, great, we don't know what you're doing there. It doesn't really matter. But you also feel like, what? Did we just miss? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and he's, like, wearing his tie. He looks all dapper. And then Dean and Scott are there, of course. And Dean's, like, you know, moving in on Kelly. And the fight happens. And the fight is great. The fight is hilarious. I just well, and, his shirt, And that makes
1: just- sense, too, that, that Dean has his eyes set on Kelly. And, obviously, at this point, he thinks that this new kid in town, this guy with his LA karate is a yep. dick so of course he's he's going to give him give him some shit right back yep. because it's like oh this is the guy that you know was the jerk to begin with so it's a little yep. bit of mistaken identity kind of th- well not mistaken identity just you know like accusatory uh false accused accusations I don't know whatever it works yep. um but yeah th- so that all makes sense and then you know jason's dealing with that he's humiliated at the party and then he comes home and he gets shit from his dad, his dad, who's clearly um, has like PTSD from from the incident and doesn't want him to do karate at all. And I swear then this 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 uh, this brings me to my Boogie Nights connection because, oh, okay, you know, he yeah he goes back to the house and he's the dad. His dad and him have this fallout drag out uh, argument and the dad rips his poster his Bruce Lee poster that's in his gym wall in the garage and um i'm like why do why does this feel so familiar to me this this kind of confrontation right and in that in the in Boogie Nights when Dirk realizes he's got this one special gift and his mom is so pissed off at him. And she's like, with your posters on the wall and, you you know, mm-hmm. your door closed. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and he has this moment with her that feels very similar to the confrontation Jason has with his dad, where, you know, Jason storms off and takes off, just like Dirk Diggler storms out of the house and takes off, too. And we know that Paul Thomas Anderson has an affection for kind of cheesy 80s movies because he took the touch from transformers, the movie and put that in, uh, in boogie nights as well. And so I'm going to just go on a limb and say that he was influenced by no retreat, no surrender with that scene specifically.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate what you're, the connection you're, you're trying to make. I mean, the, the, the only way to, to, to get to the bottom of it would be to go to the source. Of course. I mean, doesn't Mitch Gaylord have a similar scene with his dad in American Anthem though, too?
1: Yeah, I mean, I but like this is
0: like, it's it, yeah, just flashback. I guess so. It's angsty. I mean, yeah, I just feel like there's always that, like, you know, I just feel like that's a common, a common scenario.
1: But Dirk has Specifically a Specifically
0: ripping, of... ripping the poster. I, I, I'll i give you that. It's very specific.
1: Yeah, because, because, because Dirk's got a post post. Dirk's got a poster of Bruce Lee on his wall as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, too. that, that is, that
0: is pretty specific. So I will give you. And the karate. I will give you that. Yes. And the nunchucks. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll have to find out,
1: <laughs> but it's, it, it, there's, there's so many moments in the beginning of this movie that are, cause that's, that's in like the first 20 minutes of the movie. And then you've got the rest of it, him being trained by Bruce Lee, who the guy who plays Bruce Lee was the guy who played Bruce Lee in game of death. Bruce Lee's final film.
0: Ta-jong Kim.
1: Which is a trip. I think that's super yeah. cool in a, in a way. Um, then, you know, it's a shame about Game of Death because that has one of the best end sequences. How cool mm-hmm. is how cool is that? That unfortunately Bruce Lee passed away, but he was able to find his final screen appearance was in this kind of uh, video game-esque battle sequence. The, this film uh, has so many great fun moments throughout it that culminate with the big epic battle at the end. And it's so over the top, and it looks like guys are getting their asses kicked in this VFW, like you know. Uh, well, I, I just, I just want to before we get there because I love
0: that. But yeah, I, yeah. I, you, you touched upon Bruce Lee, and I, I think we just need to mention that. You know, a, a big plot point of this movie is that Bruce Lee's ghost shows up to train Jason Sorry, over the course of X amount of days, yeah, uh, to become a master. Um, And if you believe in, like, Malcolm Gladwell's, like, you know, 10,000 hours to become, you know, a master at something, it's it's a really interesting idea to think that, like, you know, if you could just be trained by the spirit of any master. I mean, granted, Jason's putting in the work, but he's not putting in that much. Like, he he excels very quickly. You know, even we don't know how much time has passed, but we know it's not that long. I mean, this isn't, like, months. It's not certainly not years, um, it's maybe weeks, you know, that he's yeah. in this abandoned house training. But just this whole idea that, you know, Bruce Lee's ghost is just showing up, training him with all of these moves. And then once he, you know, and then he just like, is like, you're good, takes off. And then Jason is the best fighter in the world.
1: Well, my feeling is that he was already there. His just, his head wasn't there. Oh. He's not like Daniel who had no training. He's like, well, you know, Daniel took karate in New Jersey, right? But uh at the why. At the Y, yep. yeah. Yep. But my yep. my sense is that Jason uh physically ability wise was already at the master level, but his head was not where it needed to be. And Master Lee, Lady Gaga, uh got him <laughs> got him Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga got him got him got his head in the game, if you will. Um, And where we're supposed to be, he he, he you know, you, you know, with your mind, you have to get your mind in the right space, and that's where he did. You got it. So it wasn't just the moves, the the sick moves, where where he's doing the amazing kicks, by the way. And it's not a stunt double. Like Kurt is a legit martial artist in his own right. He, uh, he talks about that in in our interview, obviously. But he's a legit martial artist. He he has a very strong background in it, so he knows what he's doing, and he's a badass. And and I love those sequences. I love that montage where he's training with with Lady Gaga. You know, it's. Yeah. Uh, I
0: it's, think you're being kind, though. I think you're being kind to the character, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, but I I don't think he was. I don't think he was at master level. No, he was like he was like a white belt. What? His, no way. His dad taught him how to do nothing. He was a little headstrong. Obviously the mental game is important in any sport. Mental game is 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 you got you got to get your mindset right for sure. But uh yeah, Bruce Lee taught him things that he
1: didn't he didn't know how to do a lot of that stuff. You don't think so? Lady Gaga uh definitely you know just enhanced what was already there. You know, it's... It,
0: it, I that's mean, why try- we're going to
1: have Kurt back on to figure that out. Okay.
0: That's that's fine. I mean, I just feel like, you know... White um, belt. How dare you?
1: Wasn't he... Was he
0: not wearing, like, a white belt in the first scene? No, I think it was... A... <laughs> he
1: a red, was he black belt? Red, 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 a red belt? Yeah.
0: I mean, the point is is that you don't go from being treated like an actual rag doll by John claude Van Damme Jean-Claude Van Damme, um, you know, to just being able to just like dismantle, you know, nine guys at once. It's just a whole other skill. It's just, you know, the sandbags, the dodging, the push ups on the thumbs, the uh the you know, the crazy thrusting. I mean, that's all part of the that's all part of the training. And you could say, Okay, well he had some foundation, but I I I he he was not you know, that kid a week later, two weeks later, is not a master, no matter who trains him.
1: Okay. That's all, fair. That's all, I'm, saying. Fair. That's all I'm saying. Unless it's Bruce Lee that trains you, right? Yes. Bruce Lee's yeah. ghost. And I and I, I know I know that Kurt did not do those two finger push ups legit on his own. He had assistance, you know, with the with a strategically placed rope or whatnot, but man, it looked legit to me and I was like I got to be able to do that someday. I got to be able yeah, to do that someday. Yeah,
0: break your thumbs off. And, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Thankfully, I never learned how to do that. But, um, I mean, knuckle yeah.
0: push ups. You're like,
1: why? You know, <laughs> the- break my knuckles. I can do one arm push ups. <clears throat> Just like Jack Palance.
0: You, you remember, uh, the, um, that movie with John Travolta when he's, uh, the boy in the bubble? Yes. And I feel like we're you know, all the
1: boy in the bubble right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he's got his little, I mean, we could use his like day suit or whatever. Cause he's walking out with that suit. Yeah. And he wants to prove um, to the, to the neighborhood kids or whatever that he's like, I'm just like a normal guy. So but at some point there's a push pushup con- contest and he's like, let's do it when you, with the clap in between. And you're like, Oh, oh yeah. Like, what do you got to prove here, man? Like, I get it. I get it. But then, you know, he only has a, a finite amount of air in that suit, so
1: that like, takes Dude. a lot of air to.
0: Yeah, it takes a lot of air to exert and explode. Explode up. <laughs> Clap your hand.
1: Explode. Yeah. And then he went. Who? What? What? We? Where? Hey, got <laughs> it? A babarino. <I'm> no. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Well, and 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 look, I, I know um, we're obviously quickly moving over certain great moments in this film. Cause there's so many great moments, but let's just jump ahead really quick to the yep, uh, final let's, sequence. let jump because, Yep. Let's do it. And, and you know, th- this, this, I equated it to like a wrestling match where it was set up to be one thing. It was going to be like a three on three tournament style, three of the gangsters, uh, mafia's best against the Seattle dojo's best. And it turned into an all-on, all, a all, full-on melee with Van Dam kicking the shit out of everybody, including yep. their kickboxing champion Kelly's brother, yep. um, who legit, in his own way, is is a champion. Uh, but very, very hairy, very, very hairy. hairy yeah. But was holding his own for a minute there, and then Van yep. Dam he became the heel, yep. just like in the wrestling biz, and yep. uh, you know cheated to get an advantage and it wasn't until um you know jason stepped up to the plate because he was in the crowd with with rj and his dad because he wins his dad's love back over again he wins his dad's love by showing what a badass he is right by kicking ass at the brig in venice uh on a a (laughs) bikini which is funny because I'm like, that's the brig and no one, you know, unless you live in this area, would you know about where the brig in Venice is? But it's clearly and, LA. Uh, yeah.
0: And dad is getting antagonized for like really no reason. Let's Yeah. It
1: there too. It's a funny sequence though. Cause like, that guy it needs is. to get his ass kicked and he it does. Is. He does. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great moment. I love yep. that moment. But, yep. um, the final sequence is great. Including RJ's playboy bunny t-shirt. Uh, and I just, it's so much fun. And, and, and then, Knowing what was going on behind the scenes with Jason when he does have his confrontation with JCVD, the Russian, uh, and there's some great lines in it. I know uh, yep. one of your favorite lines coming up as well. You're good. I get better. I get better, and then he, you're the son. You're the son. No, <laughs> this time it'll be different.
0: Russian. It's just, just John Claude is so mad at being called a Russian. It's just like so abnormally mad.
1: And by the way, uh, cheap plug. The, that that line i get better is uh and and the likeness of of jason stillwell aka kurt mckinney is on our new two dollar late fee t-shirt uh which you can now own via t public and um all proceeds go to helping us survive <laughs> all two dollars of it anyways check it out at, on our merch page uh a little cheap plug right there and but but no dude it's yeah those lines are so great and um knowing what was transpiring between Kurt and JCVD behind the scenes, which, mm-hmm. you know, uh, stay tuned, people stay tuned. And really. so <laughs> it's gold. It's just gold. Yeah. It's all yeah. gold. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about the soundtrack because we're, we're, I knew this episode was going to be a, a, a long one for us.
0: It's juicy. And, and it's juicy, we yeah.
1: got to talk a little bit about the soundtrack two specific songs. Um, Two songs. Oh goodness. Well, 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 one specific (laughs) one. I'm just going to really quickly just mention though, the the one song we're going to talk about today, which I obviously started singing in the beginning of this episode. um, But, but the, but the stand on your own song, stand on your own. There's no retreat. There's no surrender. That's by Joe Torno. I just want to mention that one because it's, it, it plays at the at, in the movie for just a split second. It's yeah. really the main theme to the movie, is what we're going to talk about, and then it's you know hold on to that vision in your eyes, right?
0: But it does it also feel so familiar to me because is it is it it's part of the Blood Brothers mix, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay, okay. In fact, we've mentioned many times before, but yes. Our good buddy. Not in some time, though. Not in some Not time. Not in some time. So it's now time to bring it back. Bring it back around. Um, DJ a, a good friend of the show, uh, made three... No, now he's up to four. Four uh, compilations of some of the best songs from action movies of the 80s and early 90s, and along with audio clips from those movies. And uh, he put those on... They're on SoundCloud. I think you can go on SoundCloud and find those yep. for free. Um, th- download them, please, and and give them a shout. And uh, but he, yeah, he takes both songs from both big songs from No Retreat, No Surrender, and puts them in his mixes. But the one today we're talking about specifically, the song that that gets us going is Hold On To The Vision by Kevin Chalfant. And Kevin Chalfant, for those people that don't know. At one point, took over for Steve Perry in Journey, which is a trip. So first of so all, crazy. I go, okay, that's badass because I've actually seen him live. So I remember crazy. seeing him when Journey came around uh, at one point, and I thought this is kind of weird because it wasn't like the guy they have now from the Philippines, who sounds just like Steve Perry, but he's like this you know five foot uh, guy from the Philippines. It, the, Kevin Shelfont kind of looked a little like Steve Perry at the time and sounded like Steve Perry and that was cool but then I started digging a little bit deeper and this is what got me even more excited so so Kevin Shelfont was originally in a band called 707 and 707 which is I know them only for one song and that song is Megaforce, the song that we feature in our um, opening to our mix CD that we were giving out to people if they would follow us on iTunes and give us a five-star review and yada, yada, yada. If you don't know what that is, listen to our previous episodes, and if you can find that Easter egg, yep. uh, DM us, and you know, you know bada-bang, bada-boom. But yeah, he was in 707, and he sang the song, Mega Force, which is a great song. The fact that this movie shares a connection with megaforce barry bostwick who plays ace hunter in megaforce you know the good guys always win even in the 80s and we have a t-shirt dedicated to that on t public as well Uh, go pick that one up if you get a chance um i think it blows my mind it's so rad that i was like holy shit this guy this guy's responsible for two of my favorite soundtrack songs of the 80s uh yeah. but hold on to the vision is that song where I just go, holy shit, this is so good. And then I find out that Joe Satriani plays guitar on the song.
0: Which yeah. is crazy. This is a kismet for you too. Dude, like, I'm like, it was yeah. one of
1: his first, you know, projects Sick. that he ever did, and that is that makes it even better to me. Joe Satriani of Surfing with an Alien. <laughs> And yeah, he was in a band with Sammy you know. Hagar, and and hold on to the vision. Just it's just one of those great '80s anthem, get you excited, get you pumped up, you know, workout songs. And I, that, those are my favorite kind of songs to listen to. So there you go. I
0: don't
1: think i have that much more to say on no retreat no surrender at the moment
0: do you no no i don't think i do i mean i've said a lot more than i normally would say about a movie you know at any given time <laughs> that says so, a lot it says a lot it says a lot i was like should we talk about the dancing no you know no but anyway
1: because that dancing is, is epic i think we talked about it with yeah. kurt we uh, i think we did too Hold on to that vision in your eyes, Lady God. Okay, so now that we're now that we're done with uh, no retreat, no surrender. For now, we're gonna come up to a brand new segment that we oh, like to call. Golly. What does you know? Hey, everybody!
0: I'm a, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous.
1: <laughs> you should be yeah. because. I'm gonna use my radio announcer voice. Ding dong. No, I'm not gonna do that. Um, (laughs) It's gonna work like this. We kind of we gotta preview this. Actually, one eye burp. Fun fact about myself: one eye burp. You also get diarrhea. Ended with. Oh. Oh.
0: That is a fun fact. It's also it's I mean it's very fun. It's just a fun. It's just fun. It's like fun and effect. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it is. is.
1: But the way this is gonna work, I'm gonna ask. Dustin, three questions of things that took place in 1986. Oh, and see if he can guess okay. what they are. Okay. Um, in no particular order, they're all over the place as far as. Uh,
0: what, uh, are they all movie related? Are they all. No. 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 It's like pop culture pop related. Pop culture related. I like that. I'm good at I feel like I'm good at that. I feel like we've covered 86 maybe a little bit. Um, we
1: have, but you know, is besides 86 being one of the best years for cinema. A lot of stuff happened in 86, good, bad, and the ugly. And I will promise you this, all three of these will, for the most part, be uplifting Okay, down.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Because, uh, yeah, I'm not remembering (laughs) offhand. I think the Challenger exploded in 86, did it not? And Chernobyl. And Chernobyl, yes. So that would be the past, (laughs) how you would lead off, you know, with like how many people died and that kind of thing. And I'm like, man, we just talked about a good movie. Why do we need to bring everybody down talking about, um, you know, just- Awful disasters. But you're saying that we're not doing that, so so that feels good.
1: No, we okay. we are gonna talk about I'm just I'll just jump in and
0: all right, just do it. Just do it. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm just actually gonna ask you questions from uh, earlier in the episode to see if you're paying attention okay, to what I was great. saying. Great. No I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, um, go. Okay, so first one. What hyped up television moment happened in prime time? which ended up being one of the biggest letdowns in the history of television up to that point. I wanna
0: say, my first thought would be uh, Geraldo Rivera and Al Capone's vault, opening the vault.
1: And you would be correct. Ah, yes. You're one for one. Oh my God. In some respects, we call that a winning streak.
0: (laughs) I was question. terrified. But yes, right? And the vault, of course, was empty. And, yeah, uh,
1: the buildup was huge. They made a huge deal out of it. It was a primetime television. Everybody yep, was watching yep, live. Yep, they break it open, yep. and there's nothing, yep. there nothing but a bottle of moonshine.
0: I mean, the, there's never been a more you know perfect use of that sound. And this sound.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yes. Okay, question number two. This is the one I thought would be challenging for you. Okay. Okay. The first PC virus came out in 1986, the first ever, and it was given a name. The first virus, the first of many computer viruses for, for pretty much what is now eternal, right? Do you know the name or would you actually, I could give you a, I could give you a multiple choice.
0: Yeah, I can tell you, I mean, I, I nothing comes to mind offhand, so multiple choices okay. probably. I'm going to give you multiple choices.
1: Okay. Was it A, Brian, B, Chris, or C, Mitch?
0: They gave it human names. Yes. This is really, I was going to be like Phalanx or something if I was going to guess... Uh, Venereal disease. I, you know, I just—I was not the thinking. Phoenix
1: virus. Uh, rose from the ashes and took over. I, I, I'm going to say Brian. You would be correct. Oof. The first dev. Wow. Now you're on a winning streak. They call that a winning streak. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. The first. The first PC virus apparently was called Brian. Brian. <laughs> so random. <It's> so weird. <laughs> Oh man! Okay, and the final one. Do you know why? The final one. It was named after someone? Oh no or, I, yeah. I i didn't yeah. I didn't discover why, but you know, I'm sure. Not
0: not not important. Just you know, interesting.
1: Yeah. You yep. This next one is is uh, is very near and dear to my heart. Okay. So a movie came out on June 11th, 1986. Which happens to be my birthday. Oh my god! I did not see this movie in the theater on my birthday. Oh my god! Um, but this movie did happen to come out on my birthday, June eleventh, nineteen eighty-six. What was it? If you would like a multiple choice, I can do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. It is considered one of the greatest movies of all time of the '80s.
0: I'm gonna guess. I'm just gonna shot in the dark here. Say,
1: Top Gun. That did come on in 1986, but that is not... No. How dare one you the, not know what movie came out on my birthday On your birthday in 1986. in
0: 1986, considered one of the greatest movies of the 80s of all time?
1: I'm going to give you one word, two syllables. Oh, man. Bueller. <sighs> Ferris Bueller's I, Day wow. Off came out in June 11th, wow. 1986. Happy my birthday. birthday. That's a great... I mean,
0: it's a great... But you said you didn't see it on your birthday? No, I did not. No.
1: In fact, I don't think I saw it that's until it came that's out amazing. on video. Yeah, because I was ten. Um, I think I was more action oriented. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Shoot, I didn't see Top Gun until it came out on video as well.
0: Same, same. I think.
1: But Crocodile Dundee, I think I saw in the theater, and that came out in '86.
0: I did see that in the theater too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But anyways, yeah. Billy's oh, day off.
0: That's a gra- That's amazing. I tell Damn. you what,
1: though, it's it's no no retreat, no surrender. <laughs> no,
0: no, it isn't. I certainly rented uh, Ferris less than we're treating Us surrender. for sure. Same here. So, well, that's that was great, man. That was, uh, you know, I feel like I, I didn't uh, implode. So
1: <laughs> you did. Hey, you, you got two out of three. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say for our first ever what What does Dustin know? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. did pretty damn well Yeah, thanks, thanks You're welcome Thanks for having and me these were For yeah. those that don't know These are totally unscripted He yeah. had no Dustin had no idea What I was coming up with No,
0: it wouldn't uh, be very fun If I was like No If I had any idea And I was like this Pretending isn't a that I show. didn't yeah.
1: yeah Oh, let me uh, Yeah So uh, This isn't uh, The guy who memorized The, the amount of whammies In, in a game
0: Yep, yeah, no, no And
1: Press your luck Seventeen <laughs> Uh, but um, but man, dude, I I I thoroughly enjoy talking about no retreat, no surrender. I'm so glad we did. I'm so glad same. we covered this movie. Um, you know, we will give the full details on how we got Kurt for the show and the why we decided to go with Kurt and yeah, all that good stuff. And enjoy that one. Um, and then we've got be, sandwiched in yeah. between, we've got a very uh, unique surprise.
0: Yep. Um, yep. I I think all I'll say about it here is it is our youngest guest to date, um, and it and is a uh, it comes from a lineage of of a, an action star lineage. So it's is real exciting. Um,
1: very. Yeah. Exciting. This
0: whole month is really exciting. I, I've, I you know, we 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 sort of talked recently about like oh well, what's you know what's going to happen in March, and then all of a sudden it's like all right, it's it's martial martial arts madness. Every, it's day. Here. every day,
1: every day. I, I thought I thought nothing could get better than having Gabe Jarrett on the show. Yep. Not that long ago. But in talking about real yep. genius, one of our favorite movies of all yep. time. But here we are in a month of fun. Look, and we need more fun in this world, guys. We need more like silliness and stuff to smile about and stuff for us to go. Yeah. Yeah. And this month is all about. Yeah. You know, from uh, hold on to the vision. To Megaforce and everything else in between. Come on, martial arts madness is 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 running wild it's, on you.
0: It's running wild. I think it's going to elevate everyone's lives, elevate the show. It's it's all very exciting. So
1: we hope yeah. so. We hope so. And interact with us on Instagram. We love it. Um, Facebook yep. is a dying, yep. cold, dark place. I mean,
0: Twitter. Uh, Twitter, I feel like is you know, there's more life in Twitter than there is in Facebook for
1: us. Yeah, go yeah. to our Twitter. Yeah. Uh, at $2 late fee. Go to Instagram at $2 late fee. Uh, you know where to find yep. us. Obviously, you do if, if if you're listening to this show right now. But uh, thanks again for, for listening Seriously. to us and going down this 86 road with uh, no retreat, no surrender. And yes. Hold hey. on to the vision in your eyes. listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s.
0: All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate
1: it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four. Is it a five-star rating? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really love